welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. Well, good morning, church. Who would have thought Palm Sunday was going to look like this with church happening from us in our homes, speaking to you from our couches? I'd guess none of us could have guessed this, but here we are nonetheless. I think more than ever before, we need to be reminded of the words of Jesus and the ways of Jesus. You know, Jesus paid the price for our sins, took on the penalty of our sins so that we could stop the practice of sin and receive the power of God into our own lives. It's so important right now for us to have our views coming from the Word of God and it's so good to be able to do this today, don't you think, honey? Absolutely. I'm looking forward to being on the couch with you all. I was listening to Carolyn's Monday motivation that came through this week and I'd love you to share some thoughts back from that just to remind those that maybe didn't see it. Yes, of course. You know, we've, we're, on, we're in the news all the time. We're hearing all about the world and what's happening around the globe. But uh, I was encouraged by my spiritual father who uh, recently just shared with us about making sure that we have a word view of the world. It's important that we focus on the word view of the world and it helps us in this season to overcome any situation. So true, you know, even if uh, our community was grab a hold of what Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. We would not have seen some of the craziness that we've seen a few weeks ago in supermarkets as people scurried for what they called their necessities at the time. And, you know, I'm also reminded that Jesus said to us that in this world we would have problems and trouble but that we should take heart because he has overcome the world. And I want to read a couple of verses from the Bible on that account from two different translations. Firstly, the message paraphrase says this. It says, in this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties, but take heart because I've conquered the world. The New Living says that I've told you in the past, I'm going to tell you again so that you can have peace in me. Jesus said, here on earth you'll have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. It's so important to be reminded that tough times do not last. Tough people do. And when we say tough people, that's not to become arrogant or uh, so kind of arrogant in our approach that we forget that we're called to have tough skin and soft hearts, that we need to be big-hearted, patient and understanding while being tough. And, you know, being tough doesn't mean that we get to some place where we just feel like we're better than everyone else. We're not. In fact, the Holy Spirit is a great, great equaliser. We are all the same. And so you don't need to deny the facts to stay positive, but you do need to take courage, hold on to courage. Courage is so important. Share with, us, share with us some thoughts maybe on when you found yourself needing to take hold of courage because of a difficult time. Well, God knows we need courage in this life because throughout the whole Word of God, he, he encourages us to be strong and courageous. And as I reflect on that question, I think the greatest time I've needed the greatest courage 
was when my elder son at 18 instantly graduated to heaven. He was fatally killed in a car accident along with two other of his friends. And in that time, the Lord took me to this passage of scripture in Deuteronomy 31 verse 8. And this is how he spoke to me. It was personal. He said, Carolyn, do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He said, I will be with you. I will not leave you or abandon you. Now I've held on to that scripture. And you know, over the years, there's been seasons when I've had to take real strong courage in him. And that scripture has resonated every time. So powerful, you know. Uh, I can remember walking through those times 20-odd years ago and how that word just kept bringing a sense of strength on the inside of us, you know. The word courage is defined as the quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, Mm -hmm. danger and pain. That was certainly true of that period. Yes, it was. To different degrees right now, we are all facing some sort of storm, challenge, fight uh, at all different kinds of levels. And more than ever before, we need courage. And it's our hope, our prayer today that we can put some courage in your heart as we speak truth that came from Christ that keeps coming back to us so that every day we can actually be putting the strength into our hearts before we face the day and the challenge that's ahead of us. Can I remind you that Jesus says there's only one day that you should be concerned about. He says there's two days that you should never worry about. Mm -hmm. You should never worry about tomorrow and never worry about yesterday. He says sufficient for today are today's challenges. And so if we can wake up and put courage in our hearts for the day, we'll be able to take on those challenges. I'm reminded of the account in the Gospels where Jesus has just told the disciples that we're going to go over the other side, Mm -hmm. get into the boat. They all pile into the boat and a number of small boats follow. We don't really find out what was going on with them during this story, but what we do know is that Jesus falls to sleep in the back of the boat and he doesn't just fall asleep, he falls asleep on a pillow for goodness sake and he is sleeping and then the storm starts to rage and the disciples start to freak out and they get to a point obviously where they go to Jesus and they'll wake him up and say, what's going on? It's interesting that Jesus sleeps in storms. Yes. Why does he sleep in storms? Well, I kind of think that he expects us to sleep in storms also. And if we can't sleep during the storm, he he still expects us to trust him through the storm. Mm. And I think if we we can't stay asleep and stay in a place of trust, then he kind of modelled what you should do if you can't stay asleep in in a storm, which means really stay in a place of sleep. Yeah, peace. At peace, at comfort. That's right. Um, But if the storm disturbs your sleep... You should wake up and still trust the fact, just kind of check Jesus, he's still asleep in the boat Mm. in the midst of the storm. But if you can't do those two things, sleep or stay in that place of peace and trust, then stand up like Jesus did and speak to the storm. It's interesting in that verse 39 of Mark chapter 4, Jesus woke up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Mm. Which is so powerful. 
Like even now I can sense peace coming into your home. Is yes. You just say to the storm and to the waves, silence, be still. Mm. I'm not going to let this storm that's raging around me cause a storm on the inside of me. So, I, you know, I think that we can face all these different things and not lose our peace and our confidence in God. Yes. Uh, we spoke last week on the door of protection, the altar of provision and the cross of peace and my mind keeps going back to the fact that on that last night before Moses was about to lead all of the children of Israel mm-hmm. out to worship, that that night God told his people to stay home. And we've been told to stay home right mm-hmm. now. And God said the same thing to the children of Israel, stay at home, mm-hmm. put the blood on the doorposts and while wow. you stay at yeah. home, this thing's going to pass over. Yes. And so, you know, I've been so thankful for the leadership that we have within our nation and in many places around the world with our presidents and prime ministers and premiers of states telling us to stay at home. I'm not against it. I'm for it. We're still going to be creative in the things that we still need to do, exercise and go get our food and do essential work. But, you know, just like the children of Israel, we've been told to stay at home, Home. smear blood over the doorposts of our homes uh, and protect it. You know, it's interesting as you look at that story that God and God's God wanted his people to come and worship him. But they first had to get permission from Pharaoh. Yeah. As you read the story, so much is relevant to today. It's like I I know that as you're at home right there now, you want nothing more than to come out and get back to church, go to coffee bar, get your coffee, come in with the rest of the people of God and worship. I mean, right now I'm missing it. I'm missing just gathering with people. I can't wait to see Pori across from the coffee bar serving coffee going, can I have my double shot piccolo, please? Uh, I can't wait to do that, but we're not allowed to. And in some ways it's like God is not allowing to us because our prime minister has said stay at home. Yeah. Just like Pharaoh said, no, you're not leaving. But here they are the night before preparing for the Passover Mm. And they were about to be given permission by Pharaoh, by their prime minister, Mm. to go out and worship God like they wanted to. Yeah. I think it really speaks to me strongly that, you know, as families, uh, we're getting more time together. We're we're getting more time at home, around the dinner table, on the couch together. It's not like we don't do this in normal life, but we get more time to do that. We're losing our sense of entitlement. Entitlement is being lost in these times as we just look at what we really need most of all. I think there's a brand new appreciation for the basics of life, don't you? Yes. I'm certainly grateful for for the little things that I've taken for granted. Yeah, I mean, just the freedom to be able to go to the gym or go sit at the coffee shop and have coffee with someone instead of doing it at home. No, in Gospel of John chapter 1, the Bible says that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Speaking of Jesus, love that verse, Mm, huh? And it says, we beheld his glory 
the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Truth. It's interesting that what is most at risk today is for us to lose hold of truth. Yeah. In 2016, the Oxford Dictionary said that post-truth had become the word of the year, uh, citing that it had a 2,000% increase in use in the year 2016 compared to 2015. Mm. And it's a really interesting thing to look at because post-truth, we we live in the era of post-truth politics. Uh, It's easy to cherry-pick data and come to whatever conclusion you desire. And I think it's affecting our world so much today. I, I believe we have a powerful opportunity right now to speak to young minds, young hearts, young people about the era that we're living in, mm-hmm. which is actually being called post-truth. And, and for those of you that are wondering what I'm talking about now because you haven't looked at this whole thing, uh, it's defined here. Uh, let me find it for you because I think it's helpful for us to understand that post-truth is relating to circumstances in which objective facts are less influential in shaping public opinion than appeals to emotion and personal belief. In other words, um, people so much today aren't really looking for what is true, but they're listening to opinions and personal emotional thoughts on a matter rather than actual looking at the truth. That's how Mm -hmm. we've come to this place where we have fake news. Yeah. Conspiracy theories. In fact, Facebook today uses algorithms and it boosts posts from your friends and others on your feed uh, and it boosts those posts based upon the number of comments, likes or hates that it gets and it bumps it to the top of your feed and becomes your news. Mm. It's not necessarily truth but it's an algorithm mechanism It's bumping that to the top. And as a result, when you open up your feed, it becomes your news. And a lot of what's on there is not true. It's why we've seen the craziness on TP all over the world. When this thing first started, people thought that was the number one commodity that they needed. Yeah. Crazy, don't you think? And so social media has the opportunity to shatter unity Mm. and divide people if we allow it. It doesn't have to happen that way. And and please, I'm not saying that all social media is bad, but now is a great time, dads, mums, pastors, leaders, for us to talk to young minds and young people about the age that we're living in. Social media can divide us and it can shatter unity because it uses two things. Number one, it facilitates direct confrontation like never before. People can confront you on your post and attack you. And then through the algorithms, those algorithms reaffirm the prejudice and hatred that can be in that group. Mm. In fact, there's a word for it today called homophily. Homophily, sorry, is is the way it's said. So I want to encourage you, I want to give you some tips just practically to talk with your young people, friends, on how we can kind of keep this post-truth, fake news 
out of our world and hold on to the truth that Jesus gave us. I think the first thing we need to do is we need to go out of our way to befriend people that disagree with us. That's right. That's what Jesus did. It's exactly what Jesus did because you know what we see happening right now is generally speaking, if someone disagrees with you on Facebook and they're your friend, if that thing escalates high enough, it gets to a place where they defriend you, which is crazy. All that does is keep putting us into groups of little factions that agree on this side but disagree on that side and we start throwing things over the social media fences that we have at each other instead of holding on to the unity that we have. So I think the first thing we can do is go out of our way to befriend people that disagree. That's right. I've personally discovered that I learn more in conversation with people that disagree with me than I do with those that agree and affirm and give me a pat on the back. I think the second thing we can do is go to the source of truth. Yes. And that is your Bible sitting on your lap, Mm. on your device. That's Jesus himself. Don't just befriend those who disagree with you but also go to the source of truth. Jesus is full of grace and truth. That's it. Read books by all means, third thing, but read the book as a priority, truth. And then finally I think log off. Log off Google, YouTube, social media and get the CLAR time. Speak to that storm. Yeah. Say silent, be still. Mm. Calm down your heart, not just in the morning but also in the evening. Yes. Let's not be on there without being conscious of what that news feed is doing to our soul. Mm. Let's hold on to truth. Tough times don't last. Tough people do. Yeah. I believe we've been made for this. We were built to last. We were built to last. We were built to last. We are stronger than we understand. And so as we come into land, do you have something there that you'd like to add? No, just uh, just what you shared, you know, God has been speaking to me about, you know, we were built for this. As people, we were built for these times. That's why he says, be strong and courageous. There's courage on the inside of you. And it's this time where we can build into our lives the word of God and allow that to strengthen us. You know, I want to finish with this final thought where Jesus said in John 12, he said, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. You know, I think we all need to let some things die right now mm. so that a harvest of new life can begin. It's my conviction from the Word of God that we need to let entitlement die. We need to let self-interest die. Mm. We need to let self-centeredness die so that we can harvest a brand new life that is focused on bringing glory to God and living our very best life now. You know, you guys have been on our hearts all week, mums that now find themselves at home, not just nurturing their children 
feeding, clothing, taking them to school. Now school is at home. They're literally working 24-7 now as educators as Mm. well as mothers. They are handling those things that have changed over the last few weeks so well, really. I know you might have been tearing your hair out and maybe hubby has been distracted and not filling in as much as he should be, but we've been thinking of you and we're going to do some things where we can to support you. I've been thinking of dads going to work and finding out that their hours have been dropped or maybe they no longer have a job and they're now concerned about how they can be a provider. Mm -hmm. Business owners that are now dealing with a drop in revenue and you're having to have difficult conversations with your staff and maybe putting staff off. Professionals that don't know where your career is going to be at the end of this journey. Thinking about you on all different levels, young people coming into the end of year studies and maybe it's your year 12 exams and you don't know how you're going to get through and maybe you'll have to repeat this year. You're thinking about all these things. Can I tell you, I speak peace yes. into that storm right yes, now. I do. Thank you, Lord. I, can't, I, I command that yes. storm to be still mm. and silent yes. so that you can have the confidence that God will cause all things to work together for your good because you love him and you're called by his name. Amen. Unless a grain of wheat dies and falls into a ground, into the ground, it will remain alone. But if it falls into the ground and dies, it will produce a plentiful harvest. For all of us who are in Christ, it's time for us to realise that we can't hold on to our life. We've got to let it go. Jesus said if you let it go, you'll find it. I believe during this lockdown period, this time of isolation where we are physically isolated, we can actually sow our lives deeper into God and see a harvest of new life come out of it. I want to encourage you to do that. You know, maybe you're watching today and you've never surrendered your life to Christ. You've never really come into a life-giving relationship. Maybe you're sitting looking today and saying, no, no, I'm a Christian, I go to church. That's why I'm logged on to online service because I'm a Christian. You know what? Going to church or being involved in an online service is not the way to know that you have eternal life. It's not the way to confirm a relationship with God. We each have to ask ourselves this honest question. Am I in relationship with God? Yeah. Do I have a daily relationship with God? I want to give you an opportunity to get back in right relationship with God right now Mm. if you've walked away. I also want to give those of you that have never come into an authentic relationship with God, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. You know, the Bible says that we've all sinned, believe it or not, even Carolyn. I have, yes. Can you believe it? Myself, that we've all sinned and fallen short of God's standard for life and living. God says that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And the only thing that we need to do to come into that life-giving relationship is believe in Jesus, Mm. in his life, death, burial and resurrection. The Bible says if we believe that in our heart and confess it with our mouths, we shall be saved. Mm. I would love to pray for you right now. 
I would love to lead you in a prayer where you come into a relationship with God. He forgives you of your sins and you get a brand new start. We are expecting to see your life turn around on the other side of this as you pray this prayer. Why don't you pray this prayer with me right now? Repeat after me. God, I come to you today. God, I come to you today. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For my thoughts. For my thoughts. Words. Words. And actions. And actions. God, I ask you. God, I ask you. To forgive me. To forgive And me. to cleanse me. And to cleanse me. I believe Jesus lived. I believe Jesus lived. Died. Died. And rose again. And rose again. So that I could receive. So that I could Eternal life. Eternal life. Thank you. Thank you. For saving me. For saving me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It would be powerful right now if you just allow me to pray for you. Father, I thank you that right now you are meeting with every single person that's yes. praying this prayer, that yes. you said they would be born again, they'd yes. get a brand new start. You, see, you said that at this time old things pass away and all yes. things become new. You said you remove their mm. sins from them as far as the east is from the west. Yes. You said, and, and the west from the east, you'd, you'd move it so far from them that they'd never remember it. You would never remember it. And so, God, today I thank you for the new life that has begun in Jesus' name. You know, there's some information on your screen there where we can help you further with your decision and your journey of faith. There is someone waiting now. If you're watching this at an 8.30 service or a 10 a.m. service, there's a pastor about to log on to our prayer room there on the website and you can get a personal time of prayer from our pastors that are waiting for you in the prayer room right now. That will be open for about 10 to 15 minutes after each service, 8.30 and 10 a.m. If you've logged on and you're watching the replay, then why don't you send us a message and we'll work out a time where we can pray with you in one of our virtual prayer rooms. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's been fun, hasn't it? It has, from our couch to yours. God bless you. Bye. See you next week. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.